0: Hello. You're on The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason, your weekly comedy about tragedy. I'm your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other
1: co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. Hey,
0: Jason. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are
0: you? I'm excellent, thank you. It's bright and sunny. I know. But it was a very uh, overcast morning, Yeah. so we both have something to be grateful for Get the best week. of
1: both worlds. Absolutely. And now we get to be in a dark room with blackout curtains.
0: That's the Best place to be in the (laughs) summer, pretty much. We just got back from Palm Springs, and uh, our room... Uh, we were there for the weekend, and the room faced the morning sun.
1: Oh. You know,
0: so blackout curtains are, have been a big in my life yeah. Yeah, for the past weekend. I love Palm Springs, but I hate the sun. Yeah. So it's nice to... I, I need shade, and I just need to wait for night, because when the sun goes down over the mountains in Palm Springs, is my favorite moment of the day. Yeah. Because it's just like a big relief, and then you can really... It's Like ten degrees then you cooler can get in the pool. instantly, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we had a really lovely time away, my husband and I. Nice. And we're actually going back out there pretty soon for our anniversary. Oh, fantastic! Well. Yeah. So this was for a conference with uh, with a bunch of friends, and then we're going out just him and me, like in a week or two.
1: I love that. Yeah.
0: So uh, Palm Springs—it's where old gays go to die, and I get it. Cause I, it's fantastic. It's also where young gays go to get married. <laughs> I got married. <laughs> sure. I, well, no. I love that you were start. You really started your life together in the place where you'll probably end it together. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah, I know it's great. I got no qualms about mean, that. I mean, all I meant was it's among other things, it's the place where old gays go to die. Among other things, also Frank Sinatra's house is there, so that's cool. One of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of them, sure. <laughs> um. So yeah, you doing well this week.
1: I'm good. Good. I'm good. I've been working on the release of Analysis Paralysis. Very exciting. It's going to be coming out in about a month from now. Exciting moment. Yeah.
0: We're going to get it wider release. That's yes. awesome. Yes. Well, cool. Uh, should we jump into the show? Let's do it. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about some horrible thing this week, I'm sure. But before we do, we're going to talk about a wonderful thing just to wet your whistle. Then <laughs> <laughs> we can wallow in some horribleness. Yes. And then it'll, it'll get better before it gets worse. Yes. Our bright spot this week, is this poll. I'm not showing Jason anything particularly.
1: (laughs) I was like, oh, that's (laughs) exciting.
0: (laughs) There was a, it's just some good news that came out. It's a promising sign. There was a survey done of American households that says that 76% of American parents are being motivated by their kids to go green i love this yes whereas you know it feels like you should teach your children about ways to reduce energy use and not waste food and stuff like that save on single use plastic and all that thing yeah it turns out that the kids are teaching their parents about these things yeah, so that's wow. great because uh it found also that 85% of the people surveyed felt that small changes make a big difference which i very much believe yes and it just is a promising sign that the younger generation at least is not does not have their heads up their asses <laughs> about the state of the world and, yeah. and the way that we can affect the overall environment right so it was it's just a heartening survey that came out this week that's great and i wanted to shine a little light on I it i like that i actually
1: yeah. saw someone put out a post basically saying it's better for a thousand people to like recycle slightly wrong Mm-hmm. than to have 10 people who do it correctly. It's like mm-hmm. it's better that we all try to do it to the best of our abilities and when you learn stuff to update your brain to do it better. Absolutely. But it's better to just throw it in where you can yeah. and, and know like, oh, yes, this is recycling. I'm not sure about this, so I'll let the recycling people say whether it is or isn't, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to just throwing it in the landfill. Sure, that's why I
0: invite my recycling people into my house yeah. every day. <laughs> And I have them point at things around the house that I could recycle.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. they pointed to everything.
0: Yeah, they've stolen my pets like twice. <laughs> you can't recycle a pet. Well, I know that now. <laughs> okay, so that was the bright spot. It's just a nice moment that uh, yeah, it, it it just bodes well for the future. You know, I love it. And many things don't, but that does. And I know actually this plays in my own life because if these kids that they're talking about, the younger generation or anything like my niece. She will set you on fire if she sees a plastic straw in the house. <laughs> she we did a secret Santa that had some uh reusable straws in it, metal straws, right? Yeah. She like kneecapped me to get it. So Oh I, my god. Know, so I see this at play in my own life too. Yeah. She's willing to kill <laughs> for eco friendliness. <laughs> so she has some interpersonal skills to work on. Yeah. But, you know, she's very kind to the earth.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Maybe she's doing it right, though. Yeah, Maybe so. that's
0: the right way to treat other people right now. Yeah,
1: you know, I think that the tr- it's trending
0: in the right direction for the for the kids. So yeah. thanks, kids. You're going to save the world all by yourself.
1: One kneecap at a time. Yep.
0: <laughs> Don't uh, rely on us old fogies anymore. I'm just going to be dying in Palm Springs. <laughs> you know. Perfect. That's my bright spot.
1: <laughs> I love it. And, you know, it's funny. I didn't know you were going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But the topic today is kind of a little homage to some cool news that's happening in the world right now. Oh, well, that's cool. But it's a little historical moment.
0: Well, let's talk about it. Kind of tied together. All right. Let's so get to that.
1: tragic with a pretty good bright side.
0: Well, appreciate that. All right. So uh, let's, uh, since you're teasing it now, you're just... Yeah. Teasing me a little bit. Oh, I bit. love to tease. Mm-mm. Yeah. Ting- I'm all tingly now, so now pickle, I want to know yeah. what it's about this week. Jason you ready? Tea Gaffney. Sex. Uh, excuse us. We have to pause. For a quick moment. We'll <laughs> be right back. Brother. Woo! So, okay. That was fun. <laughs> so, what were we talking about? So, sex. Again? <laughs>
1: brother against brother.
0: Ah! Uh, Okay, incest of some kind, the love boat good lord okay it's <laughs> some okay it's some donner party like experience <laughs> where where brother had to sleep with brother in order to get through the winter that's no. right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right.
0: we're going to talk about
1: the infamous Civil War sex boat, the Idaho. What? Spelled Idaho like I-D-A-H-O-E. It's uh, basically a drag queen name for a boat. It's amazing.
0: Com- what the hell is going on right now? The Civil War sex boat? That's I, I, I was this many years old before I heard about this. <laughs> I cannot believe this in my life. Okay, Okay. so hearing the
1: news that New York State is about to legalize sex work, I figured we should do an episode in honor of all those hardworking sex workers around all of history. Hard. uh, (laughs) Including the infamous ones from the Civil War and the Idaho.
0: Okay. New York is about to decriminalize?
1: Sex work. Sex
0: work. Now, is it decriminalization or is it legalization? (gasps) I found out there's a difference.
1: I don't know.
0: Right. So I didn't either, but I was like blown away because I heard a...
1: they're gonna A make it legal, it. though.
0: Right. So, but so decriminalization basically means it's unregulated. Legalization means it's regulated. Right. I
1: think they're gonna do that one.
0: Okay. Well, interesting. I think. All right.
1: Don't quote me on it, even though this is the quote. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're speaking. <laughs> Off the record, they're gonna do great things for sex workers. All
0: right, not how records work, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, however they're gonna do it. Okay, you that inspired this. Yeah. Okay.
1: So how did this boat come to be? I don't know. I
0: mean, that's but I'm desperate to find out. I should shut up and find out.
1: Okay. Well, back in the day, we evolved into the being called man from the primordial ooze. We're going
0: way back.
1: Cool. And in doing so, once we became man, the world's oldest profession started.
0: <laughs> Sex work. Yes. Got it.
1: Okay. Well, jump forward to the Civil War. Oh, thank God. I thought we were going to do a step-by-step. Step. <laughs> and then they figured out how to give a hand job. <laughs>
0: and then oral happened amazing
1: i'm pretty sure it all happened at once anyway we Hmm. jump forward to the civil war because we're horny bastards Uh, okay and we yeah we want to get to the sex boat (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we find a bunch of young and old men stuck together alone with each other and they needed to do something to pass the time they're like we're alone and we're men and we're horny and we're sad
0: so these are the armies that are gathered? Yeah,
1: these are the Civil War soldiers, okay, basically. Okay, so
0: once the America got into the Civil War, you found the soldiers on both sides were, like, you know, away with no women.
1: Very sad, you know, very some, lonely. You
0: know, occasionally, only occasional spurts of activity.
1: Yeah, they're like, ooh, I'm going to shoot someone today, and now I'm just going to sit here and, wound, and nurse my wounds. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, okay. One of the things that they would do is that they would look at little booklets and pictures of naked women. You could buy one of sure. these little porn packets for only a dollar 20. That uh, seems
0: expensive. You could buy a house for a dollar 20. It's 1865.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know Jesus. what this inflation I mean, is. I
0: mean, I get it. Porn is expensive.
1: Porn is exciting. Mm-hmm. So, it basically for a dollar 20 you'd get a cool dozen photos and mm. a little booklet, or you could pay 10 cents for a single naughty photo.
0: This is before they understood that you buy in bulk and you get a discount. Right. That's the exact same rate. 12 photos for $1.20 is $0.10 cents a photo.
1: I got really excited about it. I was like, what a bundle. And it's then... not
0: a bundle deal. It's exactly the same. <laughs> this is why I don't do math. If you got 13 photos, it would be $1.30. <laughs> no savings at all. Okay. So the <laughs> that was the price. Naked lady picture, $0.10. Cents. <laughs> so... <laughs> Second naked lady picture.
1: 20 cents. Yeah. (laughs) So, the fun fact about this was that the booklets and single photos of naked women featured them naked doing, like, housework or sitting and stuff, right? Like,
0: hottest Yeah. They're like,
1: ooh, I'm dusting.
0: Ooh. Mm -hmm.
1: If the women happened to be doing sexual things, it was mostly just black women or native women. The white women, like, refused to do it. They're like, I have standards. And I'm like, you are prudish. Wow. So... And it also showed, like, the fact that white women had it better off than the other counterparts no, at that time. I don't think
0: and, that's true. As I'm a white person myself, I don't think that that's true.
1: <laughs> it was a bad time if you weren't a straight white male. So, anyway, <laughs> it
0: was. Wait for it. Any time. Any time. <laughs>
1: All the times. So basically, they would use these booklets and photos for fun masturbation time or just to show other guys so they could gawk at it together since they're not getting laid. Right. And, and they're like, ooh, look at them titties. I know how porn works. <laughs> I'm just
0: explaining it for our listening audience. <laughs> I think anyone who listens to us knows how porn works. I, I'm going out on a limb and I don't it.
1: understand, though, people who share porn pictures with other people to be like, isn't this pretty? And I'm like... I guess. That is, in
0: every case, a fishing expedition. What does that mean? <laughs> Meaning, uh, I kind of want to jerk to this. Don't you also kind of want to jerk to this? Maybe we could jerk to this together.
1: Oh. I
0: own it, so you'd have to go through me. <laughs> is that... Oh. <laughs> well, that's... It, it just goes along with my theory that everyone is gay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So if that's not true, I don't know. I don't know why you would want to, like, watch porn with someone else if you didn't also want to, like, watch that person watching the porn. Yeah, I mean, like, the,
1: I save porn viewing for either myself or for me and my husband to have fun while watching the porn. Oh, well. I mean, and that's, that's a very...
0: That's pretty narrow.
1: Yeah. I guess. I, I'm very close-minded with my porn. <laughs> Oh. make me come so the point is <laughs> okay
0: we're pausing again
1: <laughs> okay so the there was one other thing the soldiers would do on their downtime can you guess what it was
0: um have sex with each other well
1: probably but so two other things okay the, so the other thing that i want you to say is clean their guns no they oh, no. would pay for sex oh <laughs> so they pay for sex yay <laughs>
0: That was the most misplaced
1: yay I've ever
0: heard in my life.
1: (laughs) It's in the script. (laughs) It's in my little document. (laughs) It seemed like a yay moment. It
0: it was. Okay,
1: so sex workers would follow most of the squadrons of troops.
0: I love it. It was, it was like you'd have Sherman's march and then a bunch of whores trapes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the part.
0: You don't see that in the textbooks. They're bugs. like, "Oh man, when are they going to stop? I got
1: to I need to make some money. They keep marching." <laughs> I'm tired. <gasps> uh, and they keep burning all the places I want to crash. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> that's, so, oh, that's a hard road.
1: They uh, there was a large group of working women yeah. who followed the Union general Joseph Hooker's troops. Is that worth it? So Hop-a. now Mind about to be blown. The term "hooker" was already being used to describe a lady of the night since 1845, well before the war. However, this perfect alignment of the planets and stars, Mm -hmm. General Hooker and troops helped hook the term into our vernacular.
0: Well, okay, so it's partly we we call them hookers
1: because of General Hooker,
0: and the toilet was invented by John Crapper.
1: It's true. Yes, which is funny because we call it the John. Good old John. He he
0: got he got both portmanteaus. Yeah, good for him.
1: Okay. So uh-huh. So basically all these ladies are following these guys and they're like, I need money, it's you want sex. It's picture. a great win win, yes. right?
0: I had no idea that there were troops of whores following <laughs> the troops of troops. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, of course there were. And of course they didn't mention that in my so textbook. The,
1: the Union hookers would fight the Confederate hookers would <laughs> be like,
0: These are my soldiers. <laughs> 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 It was a dark, dark time. (laughs) Sister would have to sleep with brother. (laughs) (laughs) There was
1: really a very huge spike in prostitution during the war because people were really hurting for money, basically, and this Mm. was a way to make some really quick cash.
0: Some people were hurting for money. Some people were hurting for sex. Those people met up.
1: <laughs> and everybody was happier, mostly. Well, um, probably not the women. No, I'm yeah. Guessing. One person was happier. Yes. One person could eat.
0: But don't worry. It was the white man. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So, quote from smithsonianmag.com, quote, an enterprising prostitute working in a major city could earn almost $5 a week. More than three times what she might be able to bring in doing sewing or other household labor. She could
0: buy 50 naked photos of ladies. (laughs) (laughs) I worked so
1: hard for this. Come on, other whores. Let's check this out. Look at her clean while she's naked. (laughs) Once the war broke out, the number of working ladies shot right through the roof, right? Mm -hmm. The biggest years for prostitution expansion was between 1861 and 1865. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of the bulk of the war. It makes sense. Right? Yeah. And they would often hit the major cities because the troops that were stationed there gave them a large captive audience. So They're like, so you're they, in
0: town. When they weren't dancing behind the marching armies, they, were, <laughs> <laughs> they would set up shop in the town.
1: The biggest cities for Women of the Night were New Orleans, Washington, D.C., and Richmond. Okay. That being said... The most infamous story of working women would take place in the mild city of Nashville, Tennessee. Really? Yeah. Okay. Who knew Nashville, Tennessee had such a voluptuous history
0: all i know about it is music so music yeah music and horrors now yeah. i have two things
1: about it <laughs> so in february of 1862 mm-hmm. the union soldiers managed to take control of the city and set up a huge base there mm-hmm. before the union soldiers nashville actually had a bunch of prostitutes mm-hmm. had, uh, 198 white women on record from the 1860 u.s census on record yeah on record which is wild
0: wait so is this legal work
1: I don't know if it was legal, but they like, maybe they had been arrested and it was part of the, like, oh. their thing or whatever. Gotcha. But the same census, they also had nine women who were called, quote, mulatto. So they referenced that demographic. They did not reference any non-white or white-looking people at all. So there mm-hmm. definitely were more prostitutes who were women of color mm-hmm. who just were left out. Okay. So it was, if I had to guess, I would say there were four to five hundred women who were working. At the time. Okay. That's just a completely uneducated guess. Right. Because <laughs> <So, laughs>
0: you've had no experience with women. That's that's how you're uneducated. <laughs> you so, could not find a clitoris on a map. <laughs> actually, I
1: just watched a documentary about the clitoris.
0: There's a documentary? Of course. I stumbled upon it
1: on Vimeo, and it was in a French animated movie, and it okay. talks about... it. I didn't know it was as big as it is.
0: What? The, it goes deep in. You mean in. In, the, in the zeitgeist or in, in the body? No,
1: no, no. Like the physical, it's uh, it's, oh. it's like, yeah, it, it's wild. Okay.
0: Respect the clitoris. I show deference to the clitoris. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So the women of the night in Nashville would conduct their business in the red light district called Smoky Row. Ooh. Yeah. Kind of smoky and sultry sure. and it's in a row. I
0: bet you could get bourbon there. Probably. I'm I hope sure. so. Yeah.
1: Soldiers actually used to tease any man who hadn't been to Smoky Row and claimed that they weren't an actual soldier until they did. Wow. They're like, until you go get yourself a hooker, you're just a boy. Sure, and you I- can shoot your
0: gun, but can you shoot your gun?
1: Yeah. So, all right. Once the war broke out and once they were occupied, the numbers would jump to over fifteen hundred women of the night. Whoa. Yeah. So they had sky, like they once the Union was there yeah. and they were stationed, all the ladies of the night from all around town were like, great. We're gonna go there. It's a city. It's safe. It's yeah, safeish. It's, right. You know, let's do this. Yeah, it's, um, you're always
0: safe around in a war zone around soldiers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, okay, the leader of this particular band of troops that was stationed in Nashville was Major General William Rosecrans, also known as Old Rosie. That was his nickname when he went to like soldier school. Oh, he
0: hated that. I bet. And I'm I like called him Cracklin Rose.
1: Cracklin Rose. Yeah. Oh, why?
0: Because that that's a Neil Diamond song, and I like Neil Diamond.
1: Oh, well, I like Rattling that. Racklin'
0: Rose get on board.
1: No. I don't know that song. fine. Come through, Neil Diamond. I'm old,
0: so it yeah. happened during my time.
1: I did not say that.
0: In 1867.
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, Old Rosie was awarded the honor of basing his men in Nashville after winning a bunch of battles for the Union. Okay. He was basically the second most powerful man in the Union Army at the time. Wow. So the... the the head of everything, like, the president, everyone was all like, you you did good. Like, have a break. <laughs> like, it's
0: time you for... You do it. know who the president was at this time. Yeah, right? with Dave Blinken. Great, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't... Just- <laughs> It's not about him today. You know the leader of the Union Army, too, right?
1: Yeah, it's... Grant. Grant. Yeah. <laughs> it's Lee is the bad guy. I, I There's a president. The president and a person who would be president. I'm focused on the Idaho okay, today. Okay,
0: sure. Oh, yeah, let's get there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, okay, so old Rosie was very excited about the fact that his men would get to be in a giant city mm-hmm. and would get a chance to recover and work on their fighting skills and such. Sure. What he wasn't prepared for was the willingness and eagerness the soldiers would have in getting laid by any means necessary.
0: By any means necessary? They're like,
1: we gotta pay, pay, pay to get laid, laid, laid. Mm -hmm. Something to note that the second largest killer of the war was actually sexually transmitted illnesses.
0: You're fucking kidding me.
1: No. Is that true? That is true. Oh, fuck. The battle injury rate was 17.5%, mm-hmm. and the number of troops who got an STI were 8.2%.
0: Holy fuck. Yeah. Like that killed them.
1: I believe so. Jeez. They think that the number was actually higher <laughs> due to the number of men who weren't aware that they had it cause they were asymptomatic, Yeah. or they neglected to let anyone know because they were embarrassed about it because we have fucked all of ourselves up with sure. the fact that we won't talk about sex
0: and also like so at this time like the, there were no antibiotics Correct. so like the only treatment was amputation so what do you amputate when you get an sti
1: <laughs> well okay so the two biggest sti's were syphilis and gonorrhea okay and as you said they didn't have antibiotics to treat them right when it got bad and they needed treatment they used mercury oh i'm yeah. not sure how mercury worked to do it, it i know doesn't it doesn't do anything i think it did
0: do no, stuff though doesn't was, do anything they really not useful no.
1: Oh. Well, they did. They definitely put a lot of mercury in people. Oh
0: well, sure. We've been using it a long time, but it really doesn't do anything.
1: Oh, I thought it killed some stuff.
0: The person. <laughs> sure. Well, <laughs> It's a poison. Basically,
1: <laughs> basically, they put the mercury in them, and it would take the soldiers a bunch of weeks to get back on their feet. Okay. Rosencrantz was like, okay, no, this is terrible. No, no, no. The reason all my men are getting STIs was from the women of the night. Mm-hmm. I can't have this. And he thought it might be a bit of a war tactic.
0: Oh, my God. Quote from Wiki. The, the South was sending diseased prostitutes to uh, infect? Wow. Like a Trojan horse. <laughs> Quote. But before the advent of Trojans. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, quote from Wiki quote: Other historians considered the growth of prostitution to be related to women wanting to spread venereal diseases to the opposing troops.
0: Wanting to? That is the most fucked up logic I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, I, like a person
0: would like, let me willingly get myself one just to like that is so disrespectful of the women and how they feel about their and how own desperate lives,
1: desperate they are to survive Jesus. so they can feed their families. So yeah, here's the thing. and she's
0: like, well, at least I can take some Yankees with me.
1: Yeah, Fuck in you. a very slow inconvenient manner that won't like so here's the thing if you're trying to use sex to kill soldiers then you bring them home to have sex with them but then you kill them like the women in world war ii did and we will be talking about them at a later date they're awesome what yeah
0: i don't know what you're talking about
1: it's fantastic and that's all i'm gonna say so don't look it up fine (laughs) all right so all the union leaders came to the same conclusion the men can't get stis if working women aren't there so they had to get the working women to leave Uh uh-huh so in July of 1863, they put him w- on a boat, would put out an order to the head police marshalman, George Spalding, uh-huh. to quote, without loss of time, seize and transport to Louisville all prostitutes found in the city or known to be here. So he's like, round uh, them up and ship them out.
0: To Louisville? Yeah. How does that help? <laughs> Aren't okay. there some people in Louisville, too? Aren't there, like, soldiers in Louisville?
1: Well, George would get to work right away. He's like, yes, I, aye, aye, sir. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think, and, and also
1: the citizenry of Louisville was like, sure. <laughs> Sounds great. He, however, instantly hit a roadblock. Oh. The women uh, were catching on fast as to what was happening, <laughs> And they were because right, looking- you're rounding them up <laughs> and putting them in paddy wagons, they noticed, <laughs> And they were looking for reasons that they couldn't be sent away. Uh-huh. Some of them started marrying men in the area, or ah. claiming to be married to them in order to be allowed to stay there. Like, you can't ship me out, my husband's here.
0: I'm not a working woman, I'm just a wife and mother.
1: Yeah, joke's mm-hmm. on you. However, George was eventually able to gather about 111 women and a few of their kids to send them off. He's like, get the fuck out. Dang. Now, keep in mind, there's over 1,500 at this point, right. so 111 is like a drop in the bucket. Sure. But if they're, they're trying this new techniques, first round kind of thing. Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> it was how white people first learned that you can't just round people up when yeah. you want to. So, the biggest problem was that he didn't... And the biggest problem is free will, I think, well, it's the problem. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: So, George's biggest problem was that he didn't have a way to ship them out. He's <laughs> like, UPS doesn't exist yet. Yeah. And a full not, of whores. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, uh, it's fragile cargo. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> so he was delighted mm-hmm. when he happened to find a man named John Newcomb. Okay. And the reason he was so happy was that John had a bright, shiny, brand spanking new steamboat. Okay. And its name was Perfect. It was called the Idaho. Yeah. Again, spelled I-D-A-H-O-E. Okay. So John basically was forced to take the 111 women and children up on his boat up the river to Louisville. Okay. Another fun fact was that George told John, I don't really care if it's Louisville, where you dump them. (laughs) Just get them the fuck out of here and don't be a dick about it. Like, don't be a dick to them. Like, don't just leave them in the wilderness, but get them the fuck out. Like, if you need to go further up, go further up.
0: What is the thought here? So we're just, this is just, this is just the, um, first. Transfer is that what they're thinking? That is the first shipment yeah, of and then prostitutes get a whole to Louisville, and then we'll just keep. We'll just like a, a loop. Yeah, we'll get them in, and we'll just. That's not helping. They're, they're gonna like, walk
1: back. You're just it's just, like, <laughs> do you not know how people function? And not like you put them there, and they're like,
0: I can't move no, now. No kidding. It's just like it's it's insane. Just like to just start. Transporting your prostitutes to different towns <laughs> to make it their problem.
1: So okay, the Union Army gave John Newcomb food to last his crew, the women and children, the trip up to Louisville, but nothing else. They're like, "That's what you get. Good luck." John's devastated because uh-huh. he's like, "This is my brand new boat, and everyone's gonna think I have a whore boat."
0: Uh huh. Basically, it's my it- brand new boat now it's covered in <laughs> whores. <laughs> I was gonna transport
1: cattle. Yeah. So then the local press in Nashville got super shady. <laughs> okay. And wrote an article, quote from SmithsonianMag.com, quote, encouraging readers to bid goodbye to those frail sisters once and for all. Fuck. So everybody come to the boat and then wave them off and say, goodbye, ho! And there's still 1,400 mm. more of them. So, okay, the best part was that when these 111 women were kicked out, mm-hmm. they actually were all white women. Oh. So as soon as they left, they were immediately replaced by women of color. because they didn't think to look for women of color as prostitutes because they're like, no white man would sleep with a woman of color. You're kidding. Yeah, it was basically, like, they, they were doing lots of stupid stuff.
0: That is – they are the most out-of-touch people I've oh, ever heard of.
1: Well, and then this really freaked out the locals once they realized this, that the women of color were stepping in. They're like, yeah.
0: oh, my God. And the
1: local we newspaper – made a huge <laughs> mistake. The local newspaper basically wrote a super racist article mm. claiming, like, don't just throw the white women out because now all the black women are going to take their place and we're going to be worse off than if we just let the white women be whores in the first place. Oh
0: my. And I'm
1: like, you are terrible people. Yeah, they're
0: so... This is...
1: Humanity at its best, right?
0: Yeah, I'm proud to be an American.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, while the racist people were freaking out in Nashville, our fearless women on the Idaho were heading out on their journey... They would get to Louisville about a week after their unexpected departure. So none of the women were ready for this, right? And a lot of the women were basically grabbed off the streets, and they weren't allowed to get any of their things and shoved onto a boat. So they had one dress. That's it. No changes for a week. So... The people of Louisville heard about the boat and its passengers. Well,
0: sure, because it's a steamboat. It took a week to get there. My God, you could ride a horse faster than that. And Nashville's like, we're getting rid of our horse on steamboats. And we're sending them to Louisville. (laughs) And so Louisville packed up a steamboat and sent it to Nashville. (laughs) And they passed each other. (laughs) (laughs) They all tried to jump to the other boat. So what's great, though, is that
1: (laughs) the Louisville people were like, I don't think so.
0: Not all of the Louisville people. Said Some that, people were personally. excited. Yeah, like, we're a whole Hashtag not of all horse. Louisville. Yeah. Finally. There they, was there you know there was one guy who was like Yeah Lord has answered my prayer. <laughs> I'm so lonely.
1: <laughs> so basically Louisville officials told John Newcomb that his boat was not welcome in Louisville and he was not allowed to dock at all. They're like, You do not dock your boat, you keep going. Don't even you women are not allowed here. Yeah, get out. And so they ordered him to move onwards to Cincinnati. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so I think it was on the Ohio River. Okay. Off the river they went. Yeah. To Cincinnati. So Jesus Christ! So but, we've been in Tennessee.
0: <clears throat> now we've been to Kentucky. So it's there's two states. I'm not so surprised actually that Tennessee and Kentucky don't want to take a, a boat full of whores. <laughs> so up to given t- what I know about Tennessee and Kentucky,
1: they got to Cincinnati, right? Mm-hmm. But word would precede them again. Sure. And once yes, again, the thing was going two miles an hour. <laughs> of course. And they were again persona non grata. Oh man. John now is freaking out. At this point, out.
0: you could smell the boat before it arrived. Yeah, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> he's freaking out because he's like, "My boat is going to get this reputation, and I'm sunk. It's just going to be terrible." Make mm-hmm. a little boat pun. It yeah. was hilarious. They were forced to dock on the opposite side of Cincinnati, okay. near in Kentucky, okay, where there's no people, so they have to dock there and then like walk around to go to Cincinnati to get supplies and stuff. Wow. And uh, sex workers are not allowed off the boat. They're like, "You are stuck on the boat until we know where we're putting you." Okay. So the locals so
0: insane. There's a boat. Okay,
1: (laughs) the locals were basically all a hubbub about what was going on. They're all like, "Oh my god, there's a boat with a lot of
0: ladies." Sure. Oh my god, Becky, look at her boat.
1: (laughs) It is so big. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're trying to figure out how this was going to end. Right. Mm -hmm. All the people watching the story, they're like reading the news. They're like, "This boat of horrors just keeps." Going all around, and how is it going to end? Mm-hmm. The Cincinnati Gazette would suggest that at the end of all this, they would be forced to head back to Nashville. Probably. Since no one else wanted them.
0: I mean, <laughs> this is the most effort I've ever heard of to make no difference at all. Right. In the overall... Quote, problem.
1: So then another Ohio newspaper, the Cleveland morning leader Mm -hmm. would report about how the women were in kind of a bad place at this point.
0: Emotionally. Sure.
1: They (sighs) were basically trapped in a boat with no changes of clothing, a lack of food, a little bit of drink and a few knives.
0: (laughs) so <laughs> so cool
1: <laughs> what could go wrong some of the women apparently tried to jump the ship to swim to the shore mm-hmm. they're like I'm getting out or they attempted to make contact with the Confederate Army to have them come rescue them which is like freaking out everyone on the boat they're like stop that why well could the crew or a union oh so they don't see. want the boat to get taken by the Confederates
0: well no they don't and uh, they probably should not have taken the boat in the first. Not
1: yeah. So, OK, I'm guessing a few did escape or maybe they passed away at this point. I'm not sure. It was not clear. Basically, when they left Cincinnati heading back south, mm-hmm. the number with now 98 women and six children at this point. Oh, all so right. I'm assuming a few may have jumped ship, made it away. Some yeah. died. I don't know. OK, I'm hoping none of them died because
0: they're just trying to live their life. Yeah.
1: So anyway, I mean,
0: they're, they probably died eventually.
1: Well, yeah, all this of them are dead now. Yeah. yeah, okay. So John ordered his boat back to Louisville because he's what? like, he's like, we're gonna go back to Louisville. They're gonna take it. That was my order in the first place. They're gonna fucking take these women. He gets there and they're like, no, right. no, we're not taking your women. No. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> so is Louisville the- under uh, Union control as well? I yeah, guess? I think okay.
1: so. So yeah, he was be, then sent back to Nashville. <laughs> yeah.
0: The whole trip would would take 28 days of boating travel. Right. And they had like one peanut butter sandwich left. (laughs) Okay. When they landed,
1: John parked his boat and found George Spalding and gave him a piece of his mind and a very large bill. Yeah. Basically, the women trashed the boat in anger and in boredom. They're like, this is terrible. You have cost us so much money. Right. This is weeks of pay. So they were let off the boat. And the union now needed to pay John the payment for the trip, and the wrecked new ship.
0: Uh, so, so they they just they sent a bunch of sex workers <laughs> on, a cruise. on the shittiest cruise, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. a riverboat cruise up a river no one wants to be on. No shuffleboard. Yeah, there was no entertainment. There's a few kids who there are very confused. One, it was actually the birth of stand-up comedy. Yeah, because out of boredom it yeah. started that way. And then this guy whips his
1: dick out, and I'm like, is that all? (sighs) Best stand-up comic ever.
0: Well, the first one, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) So
1: basically, John had spent $4,300 on food and medicine for the women and children.
0: Four, okay of his own four thousand and then he could make five dollars a week and be happy with it cool
1: and then he also required one thousand dollars for the damages to his ships
0: i'm gonna you know what i'm doing the conversion rate in my head so instead of four thousand dollars what that means for me is forty thousand pictures of naked ladies <laughs> <laughs> yes. so they spent forty thousand pictures of naked ladies on this boat cruise <laughs> That's a lot of pictures. A lot of pictures of make it. Make it rain pictures.
1: Uh, So no discounts. George was obviously upset. Yeah. But not about the fact that John's ship was a mess or the trials that John went through. He was sad because his foolproof plan had failed. Foolproof. Yeah. He was like, This is foolproof.
0: Mm. They're gonna take him in Louisville. I know it because I'm a fool.
1: So, it would becoming increasingly clear that he could not find a way to kick these women out of the city. Yeah. So, he's freaking out. He's also, like,
0: let's talk about the other 1,400. Like, I mean, it's the fucking well, weirdest thing.
1: And that's probably just the number of white women. That's not even counting oh, the Lord. other
0: women who are non-white who, like... They gotta make a living. Well, not just that, but it's just like this guy is ramming full speed into the idea that men want to have sex. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like, how is this a fucking surprise that this would be an issue to, like, get rid of sex workers in the city? Yeah, like, have you met People? Yeah. ever? You've got thousands and thousands of men away from their families, any wives that they might have.
1: And young men who've never been with they're a woman. And are young men
0: of fighting age in general. Yeah. And, like, fucking, yeah, they're going to want to have sex. Like, the idea that you can stop that from happening yeah. by shipping off, like, 8% of them.
1: <laughs> I've done it! <laughs> good lord. He, he unveiled yeah, a flag he that said, so mission accomplished. The,
0: but, yeah, totally, when the boat sailed away. And
1: his name was George funny. Oh, look at that. So, all right. So, he needed to come up with another plan, right? He's like, I'll say. He's like, they're getting rejected from other cities, and everyone's pretending to be married. I can't ship anymore more out. Mm-hmm. Like, we're done. So, if the men were going to pay women for sex... <laughs> so, and it,
0: so, we're going to load up this boat with married ladies, and we're going to send it <laughs> into the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: basically, if the men were going to pay women for sex, and it could not be stopped... Then he needed to regulate the sex that was had.
0: I mean, in theory, okay. In practice, I bet it's gonna be a shit show.
1: Well, we shall see. Yes, we shall. He basically wanted to make sure and needed to make sure that everyone was having sex the safest way possible.
0: Good God. So he he So he watched every, every minute of fucking in Nashville after in eighteen sixty two.
1: After a week he was so he dead emotionally yeah he's like if nothing turns me on anymore i
0: can't you wouldn't believe what i've seen so
1: he set up the first legal prostitution laws hello every sex worker needed to get a five dollar license which meant she could have as much or as little sex as she wanted for money okay but to get that license she would need to have clearance from the army doctor who would inspect them weekly The exam would cost $0.50, and if they had an STI, then they would be sent over to a hospital specifically for the women of the night, which would be covered and paid for by their weekly fees until they were clear of the STIs.
0: So did they have to pay $5 a week?
1: No, $5 was the one flat fee and then the $0.50 was the weekly fee. Oh, they
0: had to pay $0.50 a week.
1: Yeah, because they had to go get the exam and that.
0: Well, this sounds like... It's a pretty comprehensive, like, it's solution. It's
1: a very comprehensive. Yeah. Quote from history.com.
0: Almost proud.
1: Quote, a special hospital for soldiers with syphilis was also established in the city.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Best quote ever. Yeah. <laughs> if the women didn't get the license and then they did sex work, mm-hmm. then they would get sent to jail for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Also, in Louisville. <laughs> Also, if they missed their exam, then they would go to jail for 30 days. Okay. So it's very much like you have to be on the up and up with this. you got to do it.
0: Interesting. How did this go over? How did it play in Washington?
1: <laughs> <laughs> quote from SmithsonianMag.com. Quote, The prospect of participating in the sex trade without fear of arrest or prosecution was instantly attractive to most of Nashville's prostitutes. Mm -hmm. And by early 1864, some 352 women were on record as being licensed. And another hundred had been successfully treated for syphilis and other conditions hazardous to their industry. Wow. So it was, like, really working.
0: It sounds like it was. Yeah. The doctors
1: would keep track of the women, and by 1864, the women were taking better care of themselves. They were being more hygienic. And they were being all around better citizens because they were no longer afraid of their lives right. and doing like any day they could just be put on a boat and they didn't shipped have to out. Lie
0: about who they were. Yeah. All that.
1: Hmm. The doctors even made note about how they would swear less and they were just all around happier. And wow. they were like eagerly coming in for their exams. They're like, "This is working. This wow. is great. I feel safe."
0: Well, that's that's the moral of the story, guys. Regulation. Uh, that's that that makes you happy. Yeah. There you go. I'm a Democrat.
1: So can you tell? <laughs> so because of how successful it was, the soldiers were basically able to check to see if the women were healthy and if their fees were paid up and like likely to see the license
0: does my favorite whore have syphilis this week yeah mean- i don't know <laughs>
1: if she does then i can just see the, the I have a thing. plan b
0: yeah
1: but the fees also helped pay to get people back on their feet and healthy yeah
0: well their backs yeah. ah. ha.
1: <laughs> The number of Union soldiers who got STIs, though, dropped radically. Really? Because now they were looking for the women of the night who were licensed and regulated. Wow. And so business was booming. I guess so. It was such a popular program with the workers and the soldiers alike that it would spread over to Memphis.
0: Much like an STI. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Quote
1: from smithsonianmag.com, quote...
0: It was like the first TED Talk. Yeah. Ideas worth spreading.
1: (laughs) Quote, one doctor wrote that they, meaning the women of the night, Mm -hmm. felt grateful to no longer have to turn to quacks and charlatans for expensive and ineffective treatments Hmm. and eagerly showed potential customers their licenses to prove that they were disease-free.
0: Wow. We do the same thing today. Like, people will send... Photos like on the apps, right? A person yeah. would send a photo of their test results. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen I've seen them. So <laughs> I've heard I've heard about it. You've heard about I've it. I've heard about
1: it. When the war ended in eighteen sixty five, however, the system was closed down as the soldiers left and Nashville was returned to their owners and were no longer occupied. And the people who lived in Nashville were like, no, no more prostitution. Right. So prostitution became illegal again. It was fun
0: during the war when we were occupied, but not anymore. Yeah. Um A Proud Southern tradition of dying from syphilis.
1: <laughs> but they do say that the few places in the nation where prostitution is legal to this day, they use the same system, and that's why it works so well.
0: So, like... That Nevada, county, places yeah. In Nevada,
1: with studies that they've done, they have learned that when you regulate sex work, it leads to safer and more sanitary conditions.
0: So this is why New York is using science and yeah. logic to
1: to get hopefully a make bunch of people a
0: public policy decision yeah. that makes sense. Sure,
1: John Newcomb our boat guy, would not get paid for his services until after the war. And after he hounded down Edward Stanton, who was the Secretary of War, he's like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah, Yeah, right. The boat (laughs) had to be decommissioned. (laughs) After one trip? Because no one would take it seriously, and its reputation of being a floating brothel would
0: follow it forever. Well, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) even, Even to the headline of this story itself. The sex boat of the Civil War. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is the bright side? Oh, my goodness. Well, we have a phrase like the sex boat of the Civil War. (laughs) Yes. Well,
1: the first thing I found was that the men in charge, after they did absolutely the wrong thing... Mm Then ended up doing the right thing by helping uh, the sex workers find safe ways to do their job. Right. And by making it so that people had to register and all those things, it allowed for soldiers to look for people who weren't going to give them an STI. And mm-hmm. it allowed for people to get healthy and go to the hospital for free. right? And it paid for itself. Like, the fees paid yeah. for everything. And the taxes that they made on this, the money that they made from all of this, was amazing. Mm-hmm. The town, like, flourished mm-hmm. during this time. Yeah. The other bright side is they also reimbursed John eventually.
0: That's good. Yeah, so yeah. they did
1: make good on their promise.
0: They did pay for the sex like um, the trashing.
1: But the the <clears throat> final thing is that it seems like people are starting to take note of this and that I'm hoping we can legalize sex work around the country mm-hmm. and regulate it like this so that it's safe and that people are safe because people who are desperate are going to do things and it's better to have a system for them that like and and it would be better that
0: acknowledges reality instead of like some person's construct of morality right like san francisco has legalized magic mushrooms right you know and and recreational marijuana use is legal like these things grow from the earth. Right. Like, how can you regulate that and call it an illegal thing right. if it grows from the earth, you know? And how much more so does, like, a person's urge to have sex with another person grow from reality and the earth? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I was like, this is a thing that is fundamental to humanity, and you can't say that it's illegal. Right. Like, you can, of course, but you're just running in the face of reality and history and all of time right? when you do. So you can do that for a while and pay for it with, with 40,000 naked lady pictures. Or you can <laughs> yeah. recognize it and say, you know what? People are going to do this thing, so how you know, and it might not be the first choice for me, and it might not be what I would want for my life, and it might not be right. even the first choice for their lives. Like they might be moving to it from desperation in the first place. Like you can't say that therefore being a prostitute in that time and in that place right. had a huge amount of dignity to it attached no. to it. No. But you can make the best um, of what is going to happen
1: anyway. Right. And the other know? thing is also by decriminalizing it and legalizing it and regulating it and all that stuff, we're actually allowing people who are down on their luck potentially or want to do it either way, whatever floats your boat kind of mm-hmm. thing, to live their lives without fear of like going to jail and exactly. then having them get put into the system and then exactly. being kind of stuck in the oh you got arrested for sex work which means now I don't want to hire you for my
0: other job Yeah exactly. It's like you do you make this move out of desperation and and therefore trying to in trying to save your life you ruin your life. Right. Because the system I'm comes starving down on you and, and says I can't, that you can't yeah. do this thing that you, how do you not own your own body's behavior? I don't understand. Right. Like you can monetize your car. Right. By using it to pick up shit for people and bring it to them. You can't monetize your own body. Right. You know, when well, the other you can monetize your feet, you <laughs> become a dog walker. Yeah. Like why, why not the rest of it?
1: By making it legal and safe conditions, We're uh, also potentially freeing a lot of people who are kind of enslaved to sex
0: work. Yes. When you decriminalize marijuana, use, say, then you get taxes from that. Mm -hmm. And those taxes can be used for the people who do have a problem. Exactly. You know, like to support programs for people who do become addicted. Right. And in the same way, like this kind of sex work, you start to get income for the state, Right. which can be used to support the people who do that work Right. in terms of health care, in terms of laws that protect them, in terms of you can, if you get assaulted by a client, you can go to the police and say that thing. And that person who actually committed a crime can be held responsible, and you don't have to throw your entire life away because they, because they find out you have done sex work. Right. Like, criminalizing it creates this huge culture of shame mm-hmm. on top of... The work itself. Right. And, and, and like, you just lose all that. And I think that that's great. Because <laughs> that shit is terrible. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for bringing this to my attention. I think the moral of the story is, like, don't fly in the face of all of human history. Yeah. And you'll be fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> don't put a bunch of people in, uh, one place and try and shove them out. Yeah. Looking at you, Trump. Good thinking. <sighs>
0: All right, uh, thank you very much for this topic, Jason T. Gaffney. We'll see everybody next week. Please rate and review and keep listening, and we'll see you next week. See you soon. Bye. Bye.
1: Oh, yeah, no, Mary's out this week. She's got syphilis
0: again. (laughs) We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just
1: keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, at Brightside K
0: and J, and on Facebook at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.thebrightsidewithkevinandjason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look look on 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 the bright bright side. side.